Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This message was recorded at the NCMI Gauteng Equip, hosted at Venture Church. We hope it will be a blessing to you. Such a privilege to be here. Give me seconds so that I can get myself towards myself. Uh, I do want to say, my goodness, Kenny has a, a, a memory that uh, he was reminding us of things that we'd forgotten. And uh, I mean, how amazing is it to be able to walk with friends over such a long period of time? Uh, I think Kenny was the first um, person who we were in KZN, opened a door for us to minister up here in Gauteng, and who knows, now we live here. And uh, I do want to encourage you to be wise with who you walk with. Um, I do want to encourage you, be wise with who you walk with, choose well. And uh, anyway, I could carry on so much. I want to make sure we get to the important stuff. Right. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) So in about 61 AD, Paul is under house arrest in Rome. Uh, We know now with the uh, benefit of of hindsight and history, we know he was under house arrest, possibly chained to a soldier uh, for a period of two years, and he writes what we call the prison epistles. He didn't know that. He was just writing. He happened to be in jail. And can I just say two years, he was in lockdown. Yeah? Yeah? And I don't read anywhere in my Bible how he complained and how he was concerned about all the issues of the day. He just got on with a job of making sure that the gospel continued to go. Yeah? I don't hear, I don't read his, I don't read in his conversations the conversations I hear today with you and I. And uh, I want to encourage us that the gospel has never been locked down, and Paul, no matter where his address was, was never locked down. And I'm not here to talk about COVID, but my point is this, that there will always be seasons, there will always be challenges, there will always be reasons that you and I can point a finger to say, because of that or because of this, I'm less than, I'm shrunken, I am hindered for some reason than uh, able to uh, fulfill what God is calling me to. I want to say the example that Paul gives us leaves us no room. And so he writes these four books. He writes what we call the, the prison epistles, the letters to, to churches, which he wrote in, a, in, in a prison. We have Col- Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Philemon, however you want to pronounce that one, all right? And uh, the cool thing is Colossians tells us about the Christ. You read the book of Colossians, points to Jesus, the Christ. Ephesians tells us about the church, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known through the church. I want to say to you, if you're not sold out in the, uh, as uh, understanding the church is God's vehicle to get the gospel to the world, then we need to talk. The Bible says the man planted in the house of the Lord is the one who will flourish and he will bear fruit in every season. And so, sir, can I just help us? Put your roots down in the church that God has called you to. If you can't do that, for goodness sakes, we'll find one you can. Let's stop wasting our time. I haven't got time for wasting time. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had a couple that joined our church. They were great. They, they came and they started. Every time we did something, they were there. He brought his tools. He was, you know, those guys, they just kept turning up. About six months later, I got, we had a wonderful worship time. I got an email, the, you know, the next day. They said, this church isn't one of those churches that speaks in tongues, is it? I replied, uh, this isn't an email, this is a conversation. And I just thought, man, there they were, 100% for six months until they found a deal breaker. I'm saying if there's some deal breakers for you, if there's some shadows, then either move them out the way or go find somewhere else where you're not bothering those that want to get on with the job. Kenny told you I'm a nice guy, right? I think I'm the nicest guy I know. Colossians is the Christ. Ephesians is the, is the church. Philippians is the cost. Philippians is the book of joy. Count it all joy, my brothers. Yes, James tells us. And so uh, uh, Philippians is the book of joy, but it's about the, cr the cost that there is in serving Jesus, right? In this gospel that must go out. And then we have this book written to Philemon, a, book, a, a, a letter written to an individual who was part of the church in Colossae. So they technically got two books. How nice was that? And I think it's all about the gospel in action. The gospel in action. And so... Paul, five years before he wrote this book to Philemon, and that's what we're going to look at tonight, Philemon, the gospel in action. And we're going to look at Philemon's story. More than five years earlier, Paul was ministering in Ephesus, and he meets this guy, Philemon. He's a rich man, he has a large home, he has slaves, and uh, he lives in Colossae, and under Paul's ministry, he gets saved. How cool is that? And then as time goes by, Epaphras, one of the other guys in Ephesus, plants a church, the historians tell us, in Philemon's house. How cool is that? So he plants this church. You've got partnership already. The church is planted uh, in Colossae in Philemon's house, and he becomes one of the leaders there. Some of the, uh, the, the historians say he might even have been an elder. He was definitely a minister of some kind in that church. Interesting thing for me is that Paul probably never visited that church in person. And yet somehow there's an apostolic partnership. There's, a, there's a, a togetherness in the gospel of Jesus Christ that gives him the free reign to speak into these people as clearly and as strongly as he does. Imagine if I may emailed you and CC'd the world. And I'd never been to your house. Interesting, right? Okay, that's the context. And so then one of Philemon's slaves, a guy by the name of Onesimus, does something wrong. Now all the historians, the Bible scholars, they all speculate what that could be. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. He does something wrong and he's so scared because of what he's done that he, that he has a pot He chose the rabbit's path. Hey. He uh, took to his heels. He rushed away. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he runs away. Now, um, the interesting thing is Rome is around 2,100 kilometers from Colossae, from Philippi, from Ephesus. 2,100 kilometers. Now, this guy, no. To follow the track of events. So Philemon comes under Paul's ministry in Ephesus. He gets saved. He, he, he decides, Jesus, you got my all. You want my house? Take it. Now, if you've ever had a church meeting in your house where church members bring their kids, you know it's not just, a, just an easy statement. Yes, he opens his home to the gospel. Yeah? Sold out. 
Jesus, what I've got is yours. Take my donkey, take my upper room, take my home. Yes? And then his slave does something wrong and runs away. Do you know, where does he wind up? Well, somehow he comes, the slave, Onesimus, comes under the ministry of Paul. Where? In Rome, while he's under house arrest. Did you miss the Google Maps? 2,100 kilometers away. From Colossae to Rome, 2,100 kilometers. He comes under Paul's ministry, he gets born again. <laughs> he gets born again. Not only that, but God does something in his heart that he opens his heart to Paul to disciple him, to father him. Paul says, calls him my son. He cares for Paul. He sticks with Paul until Paul decides to send him back home. It's amazing. Can you contemplate the divine orchestration that had to go in to all of that? One guy gets saved in Ephesus. Another guy runs away, gets saved in Rome, and they come from the same household. Hmm? It's cool, isn't it? So let's read the book of Philemon together, shall we? Yeah? Philemon 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend in the Lord and fellow worker, also to Apphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you as I remember you in my prayers. Hope you have people like that in your life. I, because I hear about your love for all His holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Who's he talking to? Philemon, this guy. Not just a group of people, this guy. Got lots of good things to say about him. Therefore, verse eight, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, and can I just say, Tizen Hakis, Man, I feel like I want to do that to you tonight. I wish I could. It would be so much easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> I honestly feel like as we've come, I feel like we need to dust off some cobwebs. We need to, there's some calcification that's set in. There's some, uh, some rust in our pipes. There's some uh, 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 plaster casts that we've relied on. And the muscles and the stuff on the inside has grown weak. And if I could, I'd shake you, but I won't. I'll rather hug you post-COVID. But friends, I so want us to hear the call of God tonight that we would be active in the gospel, that this gospel demands a participation, not our observation, not our spectation. What's happening in your house? Have you got a church there? <laughs> What's happening in your business, in your school, in your car? Has to have action to this gospel. And so he says, I could order you, but rather, verse nine, I appeal to you on the basis of love. It's none other than Paul, an old man, and now prisoner of Jesus Christ. So here's the thing, Paul's so clever. He says, by the way, I'm in jail because of the gospel, Right? So when someone says, listen, I've been locked up for Jesus' sake, then when you say, oh, I was a bit tired, I missed my quiet time, it doesn't quite have that sort of 
balancing factor of a good excuse. Yeah? We partner with a church in the south of France. Half the church are rugby players. It's amazing. Yeah, all, the, all your heroes are in that church just about. You know, and the, uh, we've been there and the guy who gets man of the match on Saturday is there early the next morning with his broken fingers and his black eye putting out the chairs. The guys in my church just watch the game and they're too tired to make church the next morning. This guy actually played in the game and he's there early because he's understood something of saying, Jesus, my life is yours. Whether I have a skill, whether I have an opportunity to serve, I'll take it with both hands because this gospel demands action. Verse 10, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, because who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you. If you read the commentaries, you know that the word Onesimus means useful. So it's a play on words. He's called useful, but he was actually useless. You've had people like that in your lives, I'm sure. Now he's become useful to both you and me. He says, I'm sending him who is my very heart. I mean, how do, you, how do you say no? You know, he's my very heart. I'm like giving you a lung. <laughs> wait, wait for it. It gets better. He says, um, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I was in change. In other words, you should be here, friend. And instead, your slave ran away and he's doing what you should be doing. But don't worry, it's fine. I'll send him back to help you out because I know it's tough for you while I'm in prison for the gospel's sake. <laughs> Bible doesn't give us much wiggle room, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm shouting because I'm excited, but if we just read in the Bible, not opinions, it's the Bible, right? <laughs> okay, 14. Uh, but I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor uh, you would do would not seem forced, but be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated for you from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but as a brother. Now, as Paul says, hey, you've had some tough times. Shame, you've had to make your own bed. You didn't have a slave to do that. Ach, shame. But man, don't worry, maybe the short-term pain was for long-term gain, because now you've got a brother out of the deal. Verse 17, so if you would consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he's done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. How much money do you have in jail? Not much. But he says, don't worry, put it on my tab. And then he goes on to say, by the way, you actually owe me your life because you got saved when I preached. <laughs> so actually, who owes who? Verse 21, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one more thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, how much more? One more thing, he says, prepare a guest room for me. I love this. I've got some friends like this. Not many, but I have some friends like this. Do you? Not because they like you, but because they are partners in the gospel with you. I have a friend, went to his city, I arrived, he picked me up at the airport, he says, Craig, here's your car key, here's your room key. Tell me when you wanna see me. It's like, take my stuff, there's food in the fridge, there's petrol in the car, there's blankets on the bed, what else can I do? And so on. I wanna say to you <laughs> that there is a cost to getting the gospel to the nations, right? John Piper says there are three kinds of Christians. He says, number one, there are goers. 
Those who cross a culture to plant a church where there isn't one. Number two, there are senders who's agitating, fundraising, giving, praying, and supporting of those who do go. And number three, anyone want to guess? The disobedient. How much wiggle room? I could go on and on and on. You get the point. We've read the scriptures together. You can also do Bible study, right? I'm just saying, Paul doesn't give us much wiggle room. He's like, hey, you're happy, comfortable in your fancy house at the church. It's so big, the church can just meet in the corner. Hey, you've got slaves. You've got people to look after you. Here I am suffering for the gospel's sake. He says, you had a slave go. Now he had the right. You could punish Onesimus. You could kill him. Mm-hmm. He says, hey. I'm sending you this guy back. Could you imagine Anisimus is, really? Really? Back? Like, number one, the journey could kill him. Yeah? But somehow Paul trusts this gospel. I mean, Paul limits himself. He says, I could set this thing up that you had no room, but I'm, I'm leaving you to Jesus and his gospel, and I'm entrusting that you and Anisimus and the Lord will sort this out. I find that so challenging. There's a cost to this gospel. I want to say four things and I'll be done. You see, Philemon shows us of the gospel in action. You can read there's more to come. There's, there's more involved, right? But there's action that's, inquired, that's required in the gospel. And that action is not just coming to church. I'm so tired of Christians that think the pastor should slap them on the back just because they made it to church once in a while. Yeah? But no. Four things that the gospel does. Number one, the gospel clarifies. The gospel clarifies. And I'm hoping these things will happen to you tonight or as you do business with the Lord, as you mull over them. Number one, the gospel clarifies. Puts things in perspective. I think Philemon must have been so angry when that guy ran away. Yeah? No, 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 there's a gospel here. Gospel clarifies. He says, I'll pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Puts it in perspective, right? Actually, Lord, man, everything I have is from you. The fact that I'm not gonna hell, I escape death. Phew. And then someone says, okay, we're having a prayer meeting at this time. Oh, no, I don't know about that. You want how much? Are we singing that song again? Oh, not that preacher, for goodness sakes. Yeah? Oh, I can't, I, can't, I just can't with this life group. I just, that guy and his stories, I can't. I've got to find another one. It puts things in perspective. Jesus, I owe you everything. I owe you everything. Everything I have is actually bought on tick. And Jesus has put the deposit down. I, I, yeah, Nothing fancy about us. Puts us in perspective. The gospel clarifies. Clarifies. Number two, the gospel changes. It says, I appeal for, to you for my son, Anisimus, who became my son while I was in change. The gospel changes. Anisimus was changed from far from God to a child of God. And Paul says the transformation is so real, he's become like family, like his own DNA. So much so that he can trust God's, the evidence of God's work in his life to send him back into the lion's mouth. The gospel clarifies, the gospel changes. I don't know, maybe you need to walk into some lion's mouths. Maybe you need to go and have some conversations and you've been putting it off. 
maybe in excusing yourself and, 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 and making kind of a way around. Maybe time has come. The gospel, there's a, we, kingdom's urgent, man. We've got stuff to do. Can't go around the mountain another time. We, we're dizzy already. Number three. The, oh, gee, I've got to tell you this quick story. Anyone know Kia Taylor, Kia and Kelly Taylor? Yeah? Anyone knows Samson and Glovo? Samson and Anna and Glovo. They lived in Lower Gueru. I slept in his house. Back in the day when Zimbabwe was Rhodesia, Sam was a freedom fighter and Kia Taylor was a Sulu scout. They've worked it out together that they think there were times where they were in firefights with weapons shooting at each other's squads. Yeah? God broke into both of their lives, saved both men, called them to ministry and put them on the NCMI team together ministering. Those that wanted to kill each other now serving Jesus together. The gospel changes us. If not, is it the gospel? Number three, the gospel challenges us. More than kumbaya, nice church meetings, we are challenged to follow Jesus, to forgive our enemies, to put down our offenses, to act as Jesus did. The gospel challenges us. If you, if you are not challenged by the gospel, maybe you're reading the Reader's Digest. <laughs> just asking. I'm just asking. We should be regularly omgekrap, scratched over, <laughs> made uncomfortable. When I think there should be times when we come from our devotions and we 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 we, we disturbed, not little smiley faces and bless you, brother. I'm going to work now. Number four, final one. The gospel calls for action. Have you got this point yet? And when you look at Paul's life, when you look at what he expects of Philemon, when you look at what he expects of Onesimus, I mean, some of you guys in churches, your leaders ask you just to go visit someone. He's like, no, I can't do that. Onesimus was told to go back to his owner at threat of death. Gospel calls for action. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many that oppose us. If we're wanting to step through effective doors... It'll take you and I putting action to this gospel, participating in this gospel that leads us to uh, 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 capitalize on the doors that are open. I hate to say this, there is a ticket price to get through that door. Not our salvation, Jesus paid that debt free, he paid the price. But if you wanna participate in what happens that side of the door, then you and I need to ante up and say, Jesus, I'm putting my action in this gospel. John Wesley said this, give me 100 men, who love only God with all their heart and hate only sin with all their heart. And we will shake the gates of hell and bring in the kingdom of God in one generation. I'm asking for those hundred people, men or women, who will stand up and say, God, thank you for your gospel, it saved me. But I don't wanna stay there. I'm putting action, I'm putting uh, uh, effort to what I'm saying. I wanna challenge you this evening to be those people with me. I felt as we were praying, I felt like, like it was as though we had a plaster cast that needed, that's been on our arm or our leg too long. And inside we've atrophied. We've, we've learned to rely on the crutch. And I, I had this picture of breaking of an egg, of a calcification. It's time to shift out. And for you, with respect, I don't know you, so I'm not talking at you. But if you've been sitting on your blessed assurance in a local church for too long, this might be the time for action has come. 
Because this gospel demands action. The king needs to return. And the gospel needs to be preached everywhere before he can. And I want to give my life to that, and I'm hoping that you will too. So I'm trusting that even now they'll be clicking for Onesimus, it was, okay, I need to go back home. For Philemon, it was, I need to open my heart. For Paul, it was, I've got to relinquish my carer, my son. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is putting in your heart some actions required. I've been very careful not to tell you what those actions are because then it's not the Spirit and then I'm just putting bondage, right? I've tried to be strong, but under the hand of the Lord. And I'm asking you this evening, will you just take cognizance and say, Jesus, is there a cost that needs to come off? The scaffold has played its role. I can't rely on it anymore. The pups that are clogged up, the, you know, like your kettle or your, your iron, it gets that stuff, right, because what's in our water? Time for that to come out so the life of God can flow freely, yes? I want to ask, are you ready for that? Jumping up and saying amen and all of that is just, it, just, it helps us. But it actually, it less important what you do in this meeting than what you do tomorrow morning. Yes? But friends, come on now. Come on now. Would we be people that actually support our leaders and not drag them? We'd be the ones that as churches, we're pushing forward. We're looking for opportunities. We're saying, God, what, what action can I take? I want to say, come on. <laughs> come on, it's time to go. I'm hoping that door will open at some stage tonight. I want to see what's behind there. <laughs> Friends, come on now. This gospel is a gospel that demands action. A-C-T-I-O-N, this gospel demands action. And I wonder if this evening, if you would stand with me, if you want to, just wait. Sorry, that was rude. Just If you don't mind, please waiting. Uh-uh. I want you to think this through. You don't have to, and don't do it just because everyone else has done it. But if there's a sense in you to say, man, I've read the book, but now I've got to actually, you know, I've read the recipe, I've now got to bake the cake. I, uh, the, hmm? There's something stirring. There's an action. I, I don't even remember that, that story that Kenny told you. He said he wrote it down. I can't wait to read it. I think I saved maybe seven months. I knew nothing. I don't know how long you had, many months, but who knows your future? Who knows tomorrow or the next week? If you're us, gospel and action. And so maybe tonight you just need to kind of get those joints working again, break off some of those plaster costs, that calcification. Now maybe it'll help you just to stand, just where you are. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to put some action to this gospel. So when you're ready, you can do that. The coolest thing is that there's so many different types of people here. <laughs> not every one of you is going to be a preacher. Not every one of you is going to be a singer. Yeah, just as well. But every one of us is known by our name. And maybe you've been on a 2,100-kilometer journey. <laughs> the Lord will get you to the right spot. And Father, in Jesus' name, would you... Put actions in our hearts. I want to use the word call. Not just called to salvation, but 
called to serve you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, where we've had um, entrenched thought patterns that have hindered us from this, that those things would be broken. Your Bible says dismantled so that the Onesimuses can go free, so that the Philemon's hearts can get wired, so that the Pauls can surrender their loved ones to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray you'd help us, Lord, to hold nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about NCMI, please go to ncmi.net. You can also find out more information about Venture Church by going to venturechurch.co.za.